Chapter Twenty of Love Insurance by Earl Durr Biggers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Twenty. Please kill. Early Tuesday morning, while Mister Minot still slept and mercifully forgot, two very wide-awake gentlemen sat alone together in the office of the San Marco Mail. One was Manuel Gonzalo proprietor of that paper as immaculate as the morn the other was that broad and breezy gentleman known in his present incarnation as mr martin wall very neat very neat indeed said mr wall gazing with evident approval at an inky smelling sheet that lay before him it ought to do the work if it does it will be the first stroke of luck i've had in san marco gonzale smiled revealing two even rows of very white teeth you do not like san marco he ventured mr wall snorted angrily like it does a beheaded man like the axe in a long and golden professional career i've never struck anything like this town before for hard luck i'm not in it twenty-four hours when i'm left alone my hands tied with stuff enough to make your eyes pop out of your head that's pleasant then after spending two months and a lot of money trailing lord harrowby for the family jewels i finally caught them i give the crew of my borrowed boat orders to steam far far away and run to my cabin to gloat do i gloat ask me i do not gloat i find the famous chain lightning's collar is a very superior collection of glass worth about twenty-three cents i send back the glass and stick around hoping for better days and the best i get is a call from the owner of my yacht with orders to vacate at once when i first came here i swore i'd visit that jewelry store again alone but there's a jinx after me in this town what's the use i'm going to get out but before you go smiled manuel one stroke of luck you shall have maybe i'll leave that to you this kind of thing he motioned toward the damp paper is not in my line he bent over a picture on the front page that came out pretty well didn't it lucky we got the photograph before big brother george arrived i have always found san marco lucky replied gonzale always with one trifling exception he drummed reminiscently on his desk i say who's this mr wall pointed to a line just beneath the name of the paper Robert O'Neill, editor and proprietor, he read. Manuel Gonzale gurgled softly somewhere within, which was his cunning, noncommittal way of indicating mirth. Ah, my very virtuous managing editor, he said, one of those dogs who dealt so vilely with me. I have told you of that. Manuel Gonzale does not forget. He leaned closer. This morning, at two, after O'Neill and Howe had sent today's paper to press as usual, Luipas, my circulation manager, and I arrived. My virtuous editors had departed to their rest. Luipas and I stopped the presses. We substituted a new first-page form. O'Neill and Howe, they will not know. Always they sleep until noon. In this balmy climate, it is easy to lie abed. Again, Manuel Gonzale gurgled may their sleep be dreamless he said and should our work of the morning fail may the name of o'neill be the first to concern the police 
Wall laughed. A good idea, he remarked. He looked at his watch. Nine-fifteen. The banks ought to be open now. Gonzale got to his feet. Carefully, he folded the page that had been lying on his desk. The moment for action has come, he said. Shall we go down to the street? I'm in strange waters, responded Martin Wall uneasily. The first dip I've ever taken out of my line. Don't believe in it either. A man should have his specialty and stick to it. However, I need the money. Am I letter-perfect in my part, I wonder? The door of the mail office opened, and a sly little Cuban with an evil face stepped in. Ah, Lupas, Gonzales said. You are here at last? Do you understand? Your boys, they are to be in the next room, yes? You are to sit near that telephone. At a word from my friend, Mr. Martin Wall, today's edition of the mail is to flood the streets. The news stands instantly. Delay might be fatal. Is that clear? I know, said Lupas. Very good, said Gonzale. He turned to Martin Wall. Now is the time, he added. The two descended to the street. Opposite the Hotel de la Pax, they parted. The sleek little Spaniard went on alone and mounted boldly those pretentious steps. At the desk, he informed the clerk on duty that he must see Mr. Spencer Meyrick at once. But Mr. Meyrick is very busy today, the clerk objected. Say this is life and death, replied Gonzale, and the clerk, wilting, telephoned the millionaire's apartments. For nearly an hour, Gonzale was kept waiting. Nervously, he paced the lobby, consuming one cigarette after another, glancing often at his watch. Finally, Spencer Meyrick appeared, pompous, red-faced, a hard man to handle, as he always had been. The Spaniard noted this, and his slits of eyes grew even narrower. "'Will you come with me?' he asked suavely. "'It is most important.' He led the way to a summer-house in a far-forgotten corner of the hotel grounds. Protesting, Spencer Meyrick followed. The two sat down. "'I have something to show you,' said Gonzale politely, and removed from his pocket a copy of the San Marco mail, still damp from the presses. Spencer Meyrick took the paper in his own large, capable hands. He glanced casually at the first page, and his face grew somewhat redder than its wont. A huge headline was responsible. Harrowby wasn't taking any chances. Underneath, in slightly smaller type, Spencer Meyrick read, Remarkable foresight of English fortune hunter who weds Miss Meyrick today took out a policy for £75,000 with Lloyd's, saying to be payable in case the beautiful heiress suffered a change of heart. Prominent on the page was a large photograph, which purported to be an exact facsimile of the policy. Mr. Meyrick examined it. He glanced through the story, which happened to be commendably brief. He told himself he must remain calm, avoid fireworks, think quickly. Laying the paper on his knee, he turned to the little white-garbed man beside him. "'What trick is this?' he asked sharply. "'It is no trick, sir,' said Gonzale pleasantly. "'It is the truth. That is a photograph of the policy.' Old Myrick studied the cut again. "'I'll be damned,' he remarked. "'I have no desire to annoy,' Gonzale went on. 
but there are five thousand copies of today's mail at the office ready to be distributed at a signal from me think sir newsboys on the street with that story at the very moment when your daughter becomes lady harrowby i see said meyrick slowly blackmail manuel gonzale shuddered in horror oh i beg of you he protested that is hardly it a business proposition i should call it it happens that the men back of the star publishing company which issues the mail have grown tired of the newspaper game in san marco they are desirous of closing out the plant at once say this morning it occurs to them that you might be very glad to purchase the mail before the next edition goes on the street you're a clever little dog said meyrick through his teeth you are not exactly complimentary however let us say for the argument you buy the mail at once i am by the way empowered to make the sale you take charge you hurry to the office you destroy all copies of to-day's issue so far printed you give orders to the composing room to kill this first-page story good as it is please kill you say a term with newspaper men you call yourself a newspaper man why not this story is killed another is put in its place say for example an elaborate account of your daughter's wedding and in its changed form the mail your newspaper goes on the street um and your price it is a valuable property especially valuable this morning i take it sneered meyrick valuable at any time our presses cost a thousand our linotypes two thousand and there is that other thing so hard to estimate indefinitely the wide appeal of our paper the price well fifteen thousand dollars extremely reasonable and i will include the goodwill of the retiring management you contemptible little began spencer meyrick my dear sir control yourself pleaded gonzale or i may be unable to include the good will i spoke of would you care to see that story on the streets you may at any moment there is but one way out buy the newspaper buy it now here is the plan you go with me to your bank you procure fifteen thousand in cash we go together to the mail office you pay me the money and i leave you in charge old meyrick leapt to his feet very good he cried come on one more thing continued the crafty gonzale it may pay you to note we are watched even now all the way to the bank and thence to the office of the mail we will be watched should any accident now unforeseen happen to me that issue of the mail will go on sale in five minutes all over san marco spencer meyrick stood glaring down at the little man in white his enthusiasm of a moment ago for the journey vanished however the headlines of the mail were staring up at him from the bench he stooped pocketed the paper and growled i understand come on there must be some escape the trap seemed absurdly simple across the hotel lawn down the hot avenue in the less hot plaza meyrick sought away a naturally impulsive man he had difficulty restraining himself 
but he thought of his daughter whose happiness was more than money in his eyes no way offered at the counter of the tiny bank meyrick stood writing his check gonzale at his elbow suddenly behind them the screen door slammed and a wild-eyed man with flaming red hair rushed in what is it you want gonzale screamed out of my way don quixote cried the red-topped one i'm a windmill and my arms breathe death are you mr meyrick well tear up that check gladly said meyrick only notice the catbirds down here went on the wild one noisy little beasts aren't they well after this take off your hat to em. a catbird saved you a lot of money this morning i'm afraid i don't follow said the dazed spencer meyrick no i'll explain i have been working on this man's paper for the last week so has a very good friend of mine we knew he was crooked but we needed the money and he promised us not to pull off any more blackmail while we stayed last night after we left the office he arranged this latest plan to incriminate me you little devil manuel frightened leapt away we usually sleep until noon went on o'neill he counted on that enter the catbird sat on our window-sill at ten a m and screeched woke us up we felt uneasy went to the office broke down a bolted door and found what was up dog foamed manuel i'll cast a begutter save your compliments mr meyrick my partner is now at the mail office destroying today's issue of the mail we've already ruined the first page form the cut of the policy and the negative and we're going north as fast as the lord'll let us you can do what you please arrest our little lemon-tinted employer if you want to spencer meyrick stood considering however i've done you a favor o'neill went on you can do me one let manuel off on one condition name it that he hands me at once two hundred dollars one hundred for myself the other for my partner it's legitimate salary money due us we need it a long walk to new york i myself began meyrick don't want your money said o'neill want gonzales gonzales you shall have agreed meyrick you pay him never cried the spaniard then it's the police hinted o'neill gonzale took two yellow bills from a wallet he tossed them at o'neill there you cur careful cried o'neill or i'll punch you yet he started forward but gonzale hastily withdrew o'neill and the millionaire followed to the street just as well commented meyrick i should not have cared to cause his arrest it would have meant country-wide publicity he laid a hand on the arm of the newspaper man i take it he said that your fortunes are not at the highest ebb you have done me a very great service i propose to write two checks one for you one for your partner and you may name the amounts but the red-haired one shook his head no he replied nix on the anticlimax to virtue on a rampage we can't be paid for it it was sort of dim the glory we've got the railroad fare at last and we're going away from here yes away from here on the choo-choo riding far riding north well my boy answered spencer meyrick if i can ever do anything for you in new york come and see me you may have to make good on that laughed o'neill and they parted 
o'neill hastened to the mail office he waved yellow bills before the lanky howe in the nick of time he cried me the fair-haired hero and here's the fair harry the good old railroad fair heaven be praised said howe i've finished the job bob not a trace of this morning's issue left the fair north and parlor cars my tobacco heart sings can't you hear the elevated music harry music and the newsboys on park row caruso can't touch them where can we find a timetable i wonder meanwhile in a corner of the plaza manuel gonzale spoke sad words in the ear of martin wall it's the jinx moaned wall with conviction the star player in everything i do down here i'm going to burn the sand hot-footing it away but whither manuel whither in puerto rico replied gonzale i have not yet plied my trade i go there palm beach sighed wall has diamonds that can be observed to sparkle as far away as the new york society comes but alas i lack the wherewithal to support me in the style to which my victims are accustomed try puerto rico suggested gonzale the air is mild so are the police i will stake you thanks puerto rico it is how the devil do we get there up the main avenue of san marco spencer meyrick walked as a man going to avenge with every determined step his face grew redder his eye more dangerous he looked at his watch eleven the eleventh hour but much might happen between the eleventh hour and high noon End of chapter twenty